Back to throw. In trouble. He's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs. Gets away again. Goes to the 40. Gets away again. To the 35. Cuts back at the 30. To the 20. The 15. The 10. He dies. Touchdown. 49ers. 49ers web zone. No huddle podcast. Al Sacco. Zane Nockvi. And the Niners have turned it around. They have officially done it. They are officially back. I'm saying it now. You know, if you listen to our show consistently, that I was down on them. I was worried about them. We said after the loss to the Cardinals, this was rock bottom. Where was the team going to go from here? They were one loss away to the Rams, I think, from playing for next year, from playing Trey Lance. And now it's six and five. Only the playoffs look like a possibility. They look like a foregone conclusion. And Zane, I, I just, I can't believe we're here after the Cardinals game. It's just, it's crazy to even think. Wait, did you just say you're back? Like you're, um, you're back? I, 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 listen, they had to make a believer out of me and they did. They, they have, they have. And wow. I'll get into with you what I, what I think happened and why I think they've done this. But they took a look in the mirror, Kyle Shanahan especially. He, I think he changed a little bit of what, the way he was approaching things. And I think it has affected them on the field positively and they're back. I, I think that they're back. I think they're, you know, I don't, I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but I, I thought they were a playoff team when the season was about to start. And then I didn't think they w- were, I thought things were spinning out of control. They did get out of control, but I think they're back. I think this is a playoff team again. And I think that's, they're going to be, they're going to be there. I think they can win two more games and get in there with the way the NFC is. So I, I think this team's going to the playoffs. Yeah, I was I was thinking they had, that all they have to do is a 500 ball down the stretch, three and three, and I see at least at least two wins left on the schedule. Like the Cincinnati game is huge. Before we get into the, all those games, right? But I mean, it just they are essentially like they were left for dead at three and five. We were like, this team is done before that Rams game. We're like, there's no way, there's mm-hmm. no way they're going to turn this thing around. They reel off three straight wins. The the defense all of a sudden comes alive. Kyle comes alive as a play caller and is just like pounding the rock. Like you said, Eli Mitchell, like. they have found the identity that they were looking for all season. And it's not surprisingly the same sort of formula that they were successful with in 2019. It's run the ball, play good defense, limit the time your defense is on the field. Remember they're, they're possessing the ball now, right? And convert in the red zone. They are the best team in the league right now in terms of red zone percentage. And that is something that they really struggled with. And that is something that they've really struggled with under Kyle Shanahan, like during his entire tenure here. And I think that one factor, Al, is the most telling thing is that they are converting those opportunities now. And that means that even if your quarterback is making mistakes, even if your defense or special teams gives up a silly touchdown, they get into the red zone and they convert. And that is huge going forward because when it comes to playoff time, those opportunities are limited. I can't believe we're talking playoffs right now. I'm so excited about that. But mm-hmm. when it comes to playoff time, you get down there in the red zone, those opportunities are limited, right? Everything tightens up. The competition's better. The weather gets bad. The teams are better that you're playing with. You have to convert on those, and they have a winning formula right now. And they out dare I say, are they the hottest team in the NFL right now? That's not named the New England Patriots. Yeah, I mean they look like the hottest team in the NFC right now. I mean Packers are playing well, Cardinals Cardinals considering the injuries they've had in play are playing well, but the Niners are up and coming. Listen, here here's here's what I think happened, and this is just me spitballing, me just looking from the outside in. I think Kyle took a look in the mirror and said, "I made some mistakes." And what I've been doing wasn't working, isn't working. And there's no way to argue that it it was working. Kyle Shanahan was having a bad season. Like a player can have a bad season, like a pitcher or, a, a you know, you can have a bad season for a basketball player. You're not, you're not shooting well this year. Football, you cannot have a good season. Ky- 
Kyle as a coach was not having a good season. So I think the notion of his play calling, well, yeah, that's part of it. And it has been better lately. And he's gotten a rhythm with the running game. I see so much about Kyle Shanahan as a play caller. And it, it kind of angers me a little bit because he's a head coach, Stane. He's not an offensive coordinator. He is a head coach. And does he call the play? Does he call the play? Yeah, sure. But he has a whole team to manage. And I think he wasn't doing a good job of that early on. Here's why. Here's why I think that. We talked about he screwed up the way he handled the quarterback situation. He tried to get rid of Jimmy all offseason. He brings in Lance. They make the trade. He brings in Lance. He he splits time with Lance and Jimmy in the in the preseason. And what the hell did he think people were going to talk about, right, when you do that? Mm-hmm. I think they gave Lance every chance to win the job, and Lance wasn't ready, and he didn't, right? So now you got to kind of rein it back a little bit. Okay, now Jimmy's my starter, but he's still putting Lance in here and there, right? And if Jimmy struggles, we're like, when are we going to pull the string? And I think it was affecting the team. And Steve Young said something similar maybe like two or three weeks ago. He said, this team doesn't know what's going to happen next at the quarterback position. And I think that was a cloud lingering over the team. And it was affecting their play on the field because no one in their right mind can look at the Niners the first eight games and say, yeah, they were okay. They were not. Something was wrong. And I think what was wrong is the quarterback uncertainty and the when when can they just pull Garoppolo out of here I think it was bothering the team. I think it was seeping onto the field. They they were making bad turnovers. <clears throat> they were making stupid mistakes. They looked sloppy. And I think Shanahan, you know, after Lance, I know Lance was injured. But then when he came back, I think Shanahan made a conscious effort to, he is the backup. I'm not going to bring him in in the goal line. I'm not going to bring packages for him because it's just going to make things worse. He's the backup. I'm running with Jimmy. Now, does does winning make that easier? Yes. But what he did was, he went with Jimmy and he went back to the running game. I am going to pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball, ask Jimmy to throw about 25-ish times a game, not put the game on Jimmy at all. And, and that's how we're going to try to find our identity. And in doing that, they found their identity. And they got back to what they do. And now there is no talk about Lance coming in because Kyle hasn't put him in. There's been no like, oh, he came in, he did this and that. Nope, he does not play. And you can argue that that's short-sighted because Lance is going to be the QB next year. And I think you could that's a fair argument. But for this season, we talked about it. Kyle had to win, right? Yeah. The heat was starting to come on, Zane. The heat was starting to come on. And next year would have been kind of like a make-or-break year if they went 7-10 and 10 this year. Mm-hmm. But Kyle's committed to winning this season, and I think that's fine. And I think it's okay, too, even if they make the playoffs with Jimmy and go one and done, again, Playoff experience is important for these young players, for your Elijah Mitchells, for your Debo's, for your Iukes, even for Kittle. He's only had one season in the playoffs. All those guys. Playoff experience is important. So start winning consistently. Do it this year. It looks like they're going to get in the playoffs with whatever, the 10 wins, whatever they get in the playoffs with. Next year, you make the change at quarterback. You have all these great pieces still around Lance. And you could take the same philosophy if Lance isn't ready. Run the hell out of the ball. And then you have him throw 20, 25 times. Same stuff. Same stuff with Lance. Yeah. So I, so a lot of credit. Turn it over to you for your thoughts now, but a lot of credit for Kyle for looking in the mirror, saying what I was doing wasn't working, changing it, and now being successful. Yeah, and I, and I want to start with the last point that you made there, that you could basically plug Trey Lance into this offense next year, and you could run the same sort of scheme because they're handing it off so much with the addition of him being able to run it himself, and that adds mm-hmm. an extra element. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're developing a young quarterback, that's huge because you limit their opportunities, which means that you limit their opportunities for mistakes. 
Now, if they make mistakes in those small opportunities, yeah, that's a problem. But I think that with limited opportunities, Trey could really flourish. And then eventually you give him more and more and more. And, you know, you can get a guy that can eventually hopefully carry the team. But everything that they've done up to this point, it's, it's almost like it's been a couple of different seasons, Al. The last month has been completely different from the previous, you know, four games before that. And it seemed like they were trying to rely more throwing the ball, relying less on the running backs, because maybe because with Mostert being out, they didn't know what they had in Elijah Mitchell. They didn't, they had no Jeff Wilson to back him up. Mm -hmm. Hasty was really not giving them much. So you really didn't. And Sermon, obviously, for whatever reason, he got doghoused and and now is, and now is hurt uh, on on the, the special teams tackle or special teams play he made. So, Maybe they didn't know what they had at that point. And Ayuk, again, he was kind of like floundering at that point. He had Sherfield coming in and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, right. Brandon Ayuk's come alive as well. So all of these things are kind of happening at once. And they're getting hot at the right time. They're getting hot towards the stretch run of the season. And that's really when you want to be able to play your, be playing your best football. And they went to an old try, test, and true formula where we know that they can run the ball really well. They're running the ball well, particularly behind the left side of the line with Lakey Tomlinson and Trent Williams. We know that's going to happen. Trent Williams is a Hall of Famer. Like, we know that they're going to run the ball well there. Right. But even the right side, they've been playing pretty well, right? Like, the, the rookie, you have, you have Moore, who is a rookie at right tackle, and you've got, I mean, he's been splitting time with Tom Compton over there as well. But, uh, you know, you, you really got a lot of production out of Dan Bronskill as, there as well. Like, it's just, they seem to be playing a brand of football that they were originally built for. Like they were never built to throw the ball 40 times a game, right? Like they, they were never built for a track meet, although they, they did win a track meet against Minnesota last week, which is fun to watch. But Jimmy Garoppolo is not a quarterback that you're going to win throwing the ball 30 or 40 times with. We know that. He's limited. We know that by now. And I think that for whatever reason, Kyle maybe thought that like Jimmy would have a crazy year this year. Maybe his belief in Jimmy was, was greater than everybody else's belief in him. And eventually you go back to the same formula that we had in 2019 where you limited his opportunities and he's, and he's throwing efficient short passes and letting his guys playmakers run with the ball. And Al, I just want to, as an aside, I just want to uh, make the point that I think it's great that Jimmy Garoppolo is not the story right now and that it's the team because so often over the last three years, it's been about Jimmy and, and how he's played good or bad or whatever. And right now it's just about a, the team and how well they're playing as, as a unit. And the defense, Nick Bosa, you can't say enough about him. The secondary has been really, really good, sneaky good. Like Emmanuel Mosley is not allowed a touchdown yet. Kayvon Williams is not allowed a touchdown yet. Like they, they have been very, very good. Even Josh Norman, despite all the penalties, like he, you know, being able to create turnovers and fumbles and stuff, they have been a total, total surprise given the injuries that they've had. So, mm. you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's Kyle, but it's also like, man, like they're also all, gelling at the right time and yeah i think that kyle gets credit for that because he is the head coach and he did impart his philosophy on the team but it's a philosophy that everybody gets into like when they're imposing their will on offense and they're just running over guys and and, and you're forcing guys to run defend for 30 or 40 snaps a game it's demoralizing it's it's absolutely demoralizing you take 10 minutes off the clock right at the beginning like that just crushes a team and they love that. And that's what the identity of his team is. Like you would think that with Kyle Shannon, they're a high flying offense, you know, 30 points a game. They're not, they're not like that. And it's kind of funny because the offense is actually scoring slightly less now, but they actually look better. Because remember at the beginning of the season, they were scoring like 30 points a game and like they looked like, you know, they were, they were pretty decent, but the defense just wasn't able to hold up. They score less, but they're a better team, if that makes sense. Well, 
if you look at, so you look at recently a couple things to hit on there. So in terms of the pass attempts in 2019, the Niners were 29th in the league in pass attempts. Now mm-hmm. this year they're 30th. They've gone back to their identity. So that's not a knock to be 29th in the league in, in pass attempts. They went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They averaged 30 points a game because that's their identity. Mm-hmm. Limit how much Jimmy throws, pound the football. Now the, during their winning four out of five, Jimmy threw the ball 28 times. 40 times in the game they lost, 19 times, 22 times, 26 times, okay? Mm-hmm. He is um, thrown for under 200 yards two of the last three games. And you're right, he's not the story because, and again, I don't mean this negatively, he's just been a serviceable quarterback who has made big throws on third down when he's need to, when he needs to, mm-hmm. right? Big throws at the end of the half. A long pass to Debo, we made, you know, passed to Ayuk. He's not a guy who's going to go out there because actually, I kind of thought Jimmy played like garbage in the first half. He didn't play that well. He, did. he, didn't, he didn't play super well this week, but he made some big mm-hmm. throws, and that's kind of what he's been doing. Is like when when and that's what he's kind of done all season. It's like when you're like, all right, this dude's about to get pulled, or this season's about to be over. He kind of makes a play, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's like he's not going away quietly. He kind of makes a play, and and look, he he's 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 been good. The past few weeks, where I get annoyed is when people are like, oh, see, they're winning Jimmy's record, blah, blah, blah. They're winning. I think Middlecoff and Haberman said this, and it was a great point. The people around Jimmy are playing really well right now. And Jimmy kind of goes with how the people around him play, right? Because he's not a quarterback who's going to, he's not going to put the team on his shoulders. You know, there's been a couple games where maybe he's done that, but overall, he's not the type of quarterback. I mean, listen, he's thrown for under 200 yards in five, five games, the five of the 11 games this year. So it's not like he's going out and, you know, 300 yards is commonplace in in today's NFL. He's not going out and doing that, and they're not asking him to. What they're asking him to do is convert third third and four, right? We're going to pound the Mm -hmm. ball. It's third and four. It's third and two. Convert third down. And he's been doing that. They've been doing that. And in turn with that, they've been scoring points. I mean, the Niners, so the Niners have hit 30 points in four of their last five games. And actually, in the beginning of the season, they weren't doing that. They had hit 30 or more just once in the pre- in the previous six weeks, which is week one, they actually weren't really scoring. They scored 28 against the Packers, but they weren't really scoring. And now all of a sudden for the last five games, they are scoring. And it's mm-hmm. because they're running the ball. They're, they're keeping their, you know, they're winning the time of possession battle. And Jimmy's just making throws when he needs to. At the end of this game, uh, the tread, it was kind of, I don't know if it was a good throw. Excuse me. It was kind of, a, it was kind of a scary throw, but um, the throw to Sherfield towards the end of the game. Mm-hmm. It was a big throw, third and five, that wins the game. And how many, how many times have we seen at the end of the half where you're like, what's Kyle Shanahan doing? They're going to run out of time, and Jimmy makes a big throw, right? Yeah. When it's, <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah. there's 30 seconds left, and they're on their own 45, and Jimmy makes a big throw, and all of a sudden they're going to get points at the end of the half. He's doing mm. that. Now, did he have an awful turnover in this game? Yep. Mm. Did he maybe almost throw an interception when, when they kicked that field goal that Debo knocked it away towards the end? Yep. There were some Jimmy throws, but listen, Garoppolo is what he is. When everything around him is working well, um, they're going to be okay because he will make some clutch throws, but he's not a guy that you can put the team on his back. So for the rest of this season, I think they can win games with him. If it gets in a situation where they get, and this game was a shootout, but it wasn't a shootout where he had to go ring back and throw the ball, right? Where he's where Jimmy's got to go and throw it 40 times. That wasn't that kind of game. If he's got to play against a team like the Packers or even Dallas, if they, when they're right, 
you know, obviously the Buccaneers, Cardinals, maybe the Rams when they're right. And he's got to go back and the Niners got to put up 35, 40 points by throwing the ball downfield. I don't know if they can do that. But if they can do what they've been doing, run the football, play sound, opportunistic defense, you know, where they're going to give up some yards and you're like, oh my God, they're going to let it get away. And then Josh Norman, after his fifth pass interference penalty, punches the ball out because that's what he does. He gets, <laughs> he's going to get two pass interference penalties and he's going to force fumble. Damn it, is what he's going to yep. do. So, you know, they kind of make things happen. So it's like, you know, if that keeps happening, maybe, maybe this is going to end up being a fun season. We'll see. But, you know, as far as Jimmy, that's, that's to sum it up, Zane, he's been a caretaker of the offense and he makes big throws to convert third downs when they need him to. That's kind of, that's kind of been Jimmy. I think it's fair. And that's a really fair assessment of him. I, I don't think that I like the, the, we live in a world of extremes, right? <laughs> like where we're, a lot of people have one extreme one, one or the other extreme opinion of him. I think like just right down the middle is the way to live life. And I think that right down right. the middle is the way that we, we view Jimmy, right? That he's not, he's not trash, but he's not like elite. And I think that he's not one of those guys that can, that can be like a franchise type of quarterback, but he will be serviceable. Like he's, he's this generation's Alex Smith, essentially. That's what, that's what Jimmy is. Although I think, I think Alex Smith was a good, good comparison for him. Yeah, I do. And I think, I think that Alex Smith was, was more accurate and better, much better with the ball. But like in terms of what they ask him to do, he's, a, he's pretty much Alex Smith. He's very they're different players. Yes. They're different players, but sort mm-hmm. of what they, you ask him to do is similar. Yes. I agree. Yep. Yeah, and I think that that's that's the best way I can describe it is that he's going to make mistakes and he's going to do you know your your whatever one to two throws like what the hell you're doing, Jimmy. And I think that it's funny because uh, as I said before, oh the topic's not Jimmy now we're back to Jimmy. But <laughs> I think it's funny because <laughs> people will will analyze him and they'll be like, man, he's he's making these frustrating throws, but that's just who he is. Like, come on, like they they the one thing that the 49ers have not done because mostly because of Jimmy's injuries that they were never able to develop him into anything because he was hurt all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's just like, he is what he is at this point in his career. Like the, the, the raw talent that we saw in 2017, that was a different quarterback, right? That was a guy that was inexperienced that had all this raw talent that you could have molded, like all the bad habits he had. You, you had a chance to get, get him out of those problem is next year he got hurt and he was out the entire season. And then 2019, you're immediately into a Super Bowl run. So it's like, well, right. what am I going to do? Develop my quarterback or go for the Super Bowl, right? So, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just one of those things where he just never developed and you have what you have right now. So I, I hope that they can do a better job with Trey Lance. And I think that the, Trey obviously will be better. He's a more physically gifted player. And I feel like he's, he's better. He's got the potential to be better in every way. But, you know, that's, that's, that will be remain to be seen until next year. Where I get excited with Lance, and I know, I know he started a game and they didn't really do this or it didn't come to fruition or whatever, but when I'm seeing these runs with Debo that no one can stop ever, mm-hmm. I mean, what did they stop? One out of every nine? Like, like he just runs for 25, 30 yards every time he touches the ball. When you have Lance hitting the ball off and Lance can go the other way, dude, mm-hmm. dude, you know yeah. if Kyle plays that right? Although I do get annoyed when I keep seeing Debo doing that. And I think of the second half of the Super Bowl when they decided to stop running that play for some reason. Um, yeah. That was got, you know, the, going for 15 yards every time on the Chiefs and then they just stopped running it in the second half. But that's a whole other thing, Zane. I try to just get that game, that game out of my head. But <laughs> yeah, it's going to be, look, I, I think this offense has a chance to be really exciting. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's an exciting time again to think where they were. To where they are now, it's crazy. I didn't think there was any way. I didn't think there was any way. And, and they've credit. done it. 
So in yeah. in an, in an, if, if we do not mention this person, we're talking about the running game. We're talking about pounding the ball. And the person they're doing that with is Eliza Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Holy cow with this guy. Only running back in the NFC with five games and 90 plus yards. Mm-hmm. Only Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, and Nick Chubb are better than his 86.6 yards per game. So he leads the NFC in yards, yards per game as well. You look at the rookie running backs, Najee Harris. He's got 196 carries, 708 yards, five TDs, first round pick. Mitchell's got 143 carries, 693 yards, four TDs. Harris played 11 games. Mitchell's played eight. Mitchell has been, he's been one of the best running backs in the league. I mean, he's a pro bowler. He needs to be as long as he stays healthy. Delvin Cook is hurt now. Mitchell may end up leading the NFC in rushing. You know, he's been been that good. Eight games, 693 yards. So if you put that over a 16-game season, I know it's a 17-game season, but if you put that over a 16-game season, they're on almost 1,400 yards. I mean, he's been a stud. He's great for this offense. He is one cut and boom. He is tough. He is hard to bring down. He, You know, Kyle likes to use, you know, a few different running backs, but he's been the bell cow. He's been great. I mean, this guy, it's, it's unbelievable. He's been the reason the last three games, I know he was out for one of them, but 39 carries, 42 carries, 44 carries the last three games. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. And a big part of that has been Mitchell. So moving forward with him, you hope he can stay healthy because he has been a little bit banged up. Mm-hmm. But he's been like, you know, you think of Ezekiel Elliott or Jonathan Taylor or Derrick Henry, right? Like these guys are the offense. Elijah Mitchell's kind of been the offense. It's kind of been the right. Niners offense. He's kind of been that type of player and he's certainly not getting the credit for it. When you're talking mm-hmm. four 100 yard games, five games and 90 plus yards, five or eight games or 90 plus yards, he's been a Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb type presence. He has been mm-hmm. Delvin Cook type mm-hmm. presence. And it's amazing for a rookie six rounder to do that. And he is not getting enough love or enough credit or he's not being talked about enough in national circles. The guy has been, been amazing and one of the best backs. In- do you feel like Raheem Mostert's job is gone? Oh yeah, no, yeah, he's gone. I mean, they yeah. may if if they bring him back next year on a one year deal type thing, and you mix if he has no other interest, they they might do that. But no, this is this is Mitchell's team, and and Mostert might come back because it doesn't look like they love Sermon, right? So if Sermon was kind of in the mix, I'd say you know I'm probably not going to bring him back. He might, you know, Wilson gets hurt. Wilson's only on a one year deal. Hasty hasn't done anything. Sermon, they they seem not to at least right now, not be about. So they could bring Moster back on a one-year deal. But whereas this year, you could say it would be 60-40, Moster getting the carries with Mitchell, you know, getting five or six. Mitchell's going to be the lead back, and I think Moster would kind of come in and get, you know, seven or eight carries a game or whatever. Um, or if they keep running the way they are now, maybe Mitchell gets 18 and Moster gets 10 or something like that. But um, mm-hmm. there's a possibility of him coming back, but this is Mitchell's job. This is Mitchell's job. The other thing, Al, that he is completely, I'm like, I'm a huge Elijah Mitchell fan. Like, I, I love the guy. And when he was drafted, that was one of the things that we kind of talked about was that, was that speed, like that 4-3 speed that he has. Mm-hmm. And he's perfectly spelled that, that same skill set, that one cut and go that Raheem Mostert used to have with the added element of toughness. He is hard to bring down. Like, there was a, there was a, a goal line play a couple of games ago where they gave him the ball and they literally pushed him into the end zone. He just kept turning, turning, turning. And he, like, right. he literally moved the pile like five yards. So I think that when you add all of that in, plus he's on a rookie contract, although most of his contracts, not, not that much more, but he's on a rookie contract for four years. That's the other big thing. He can, he can catch out of the backfield. He's been targeted 15 times. He's caught 14 of them. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's, 
a really, really good asset to have as a safety valve. And I think they're just scratching the surface with him. And I think that the unique thing with, with him is that he's, I mean, he's on pace for almost 30 catches, right? So he, he could be one of those guys that's a dual threat out of the backfield. And when you get the ball in guys' hands like that, that can run with it, I mean, that makes it easier on your quarterback. Again, it's going to be Trey next year. We know this, right? They're trading Jimmy, mm-hmm. getting rid of him. When Trey plays next year, it's going to be another sort of thing for him to, to have a safety valve that's that reliable. And I mean, I, you're looking at possibly like one of the big steals. I mean, not even possibly. He is one of the big steals of the draft. And I don't know what it is, Al. I mean, about those late, late round picks for the 49ers. But every time, just trade all your early picks, pick in the fifth round, right? Pick in the fifth and sixth round, and then, and then you'll get your guys. Yeah, definitely. It's, it, it, it's some of their late round picks have been great. DJ Jones played a great game this week, another late, late round pick for them. Um, yep. So many guys that they get late ends end up making making a big impact. One of their first round picks, though, who look we talked about a lot, and there were issues with early in the season. Brandon Ayuk. This is another situation where you look at it, and I put it out there, and people are like, "Well, you know, we know now Kyle was one hundred percent right." I think they were probably both at fault. That's the mm-hmm. way I look at things. Usually, when there's situations like that, usually both people have fault. But Ayuk said that they had words. So where. Look, Kyle, Kyle is tough on his players. Mike Silver brought this up recently. I saw, I don't know where it was, but I saw someplace. He said, you know, Kyle can be real tough and he can get on people and some people can't take it. And he said, that's why Jimmy's a good fit for him because Jimmy can take it. Um, Ayuk can apparently take it too, where maybe Dante Pettis couldn't. Yeah. And they had words in Ayuk now, his last five games, 23 catches, 336 yards in two TDs where his first six games was only nine catches for 96 yards. He's had 32 targets in his last five games to 16 targets. So mm-hmm. again, he was being kind of phased out of the offense early on, and now he's back back in, into the offense. And it, it's not a coincidence that the Niners are four and one in their last five games with him being involved. It's not right. because you can't live with just, you know, just Debo and Kittle was banged up. You need Ayuk. You need him. He's very talented, and, and, and it looks like he's back, and it looks like we're back now with, with all these weapons. So not a coincidence, Zane. He's been involved. They won four of the last five games. And with the type of players the 49ers have, there's no reason for them to be losing games the way they were. And it looks like, again, they've refound him. He's recommitted, whatever whatever it's been. We've, I've, you know, we Look at him block. He's blocking hard. And maybe I got to go back in the in the early in the season. Maybe he wasn't. I I, I don't know, but I have watched re- recently, and he's been blocking hard. So he he's bought in. Kyle, he's obviously earned Kyle's trust again, and not a coincidence. This offense is rolling with him rolling. Yeah, and it's interesting about Ayuk the whole kind of progression of how things got here to the point where we are now. And he wasn't being featured much. He was not getting snaps. Even when he was getting snaps, he was not getting the ball. But Al, going forward, especially with Debo out for a couple of weeks, and we'll get to Debo in a second, but especially with him being out one to two weeks, Ayuk is going to become a focal point of the offense. And I don't know if like you, you can't run the same stuff with Ayuk as you did with Debo because Debo is just a unicorn like that. But I think mm-hmm. obviously because of the numbers game, Ayuk will be much, much more involved. And the fact that he's coming alive at this time is super useful because now you're going to need him. You're going to need him to carry the load, at least uh, on the receiving front, because you have your your... I would say Debo is your best player on your team right now. The best oh, player sure, on your team yeah. is out. And now it's up to Ayuk and Trent Sherfield and Juwan Jennings, who I'm very high on. I mean, did you see the catch? It didn't count, but the catch from Juwan Jennings on the sideline that Jimmy dropped that in a bucket and Juwan Jennings, I mean, that was an that unbelievable was yeah. yep. throw and catch. I mean, I'm like, man, like, first of all, Jimmy, where has that been? 
this entire that touch and that accuracy where's that been and Juwan Jennings like it's like wow I can't believe this guy's not getting more snaps like he's a big bodied receiver he's incredibly skilled he had the first touchdown when he tight roped and and made a nice nice grab like I feel like they're just starting to scratch the surface with this group and they're a group that has a lot of potential but not a lot of production and Ayuk is one of those guys as well like he's a ton of potential and a, and a really good rookie year last year but he hasn't really scratched that. He's just scratching the surface. He hasn't really gone any deeper than that. So we'll see what happens, Al. Like, this is a game where they're going to need him and he'll be the focal point. And there's games like these where you really see what these guys are kind of made of. Like there was a point in time because obviously Ayuk was not up to snuff for whatever reason where Debo had to become the focal point this year. And he, and look what he did. He flourished as a focal yeah. point, right? So I think this is where stars, it sounds cliche, Al, but this is, this is really like where stars are born in a situation like this. In getting to Debo, we are going to see how this offense works without him because he has bailed them out a lot this year. We got to see more. We got to see more. I want to say we we have to see more more from George Kittle because I think Kittle's been fine. They have to involve George Kittle more with Debo out. They have to start targeting Kittle, getting Kittle the ball. Kittle is not seeing the ball enough. Get him the ball. Mm -hmm. Get out. You can because listen, without Debo, it's going to be tough. Even though Debo's only had two catches the last two weeks, what he's done on the ground with these big plays has catapulted the offense. Debo is now the first Niners wide receiver with over a thousand yards since Anquan Bolden, and only mm-hmm. the third since since To Bolden and Crabtree did it too. So he's had an amazing season. Um, got over twelve hundred all-purpose yards. He's got ten total touchdowns. He's been absolutely fantastic. It's a huge injury without him. We'll see how they respond. Now on the defensive side of the ball, you mentioned the cornerbacks. The corners have been everybody hates Josh Norman, and he makes a few bonehead plays, you know, every game or whatever. But he's also forced seven fumbles this year. Emmanuel Mosley has been really good. He's been really good this season. Kwan Williams is always sort of good, but nobody notices him. <laughs> and we know Ward and Tart. So the secondary has played Im- immensely better than I ever thought it could. Immensely better. In the front seven, you have guys. Um, was it Givens who tackled, who hurt Cook? I think it was Givens, right? Yeah, it was Givens. Yep. Blows the play up. Cook goes out of the game that you ever want to see anyone get hurt, but that changed the whole game around because they don't have their best player after that. Mm-hmm. El Shire. Oh my God. I know PFF has said he's had some bad games. Great. He's also made a lot of really big plays. A lot of games mm-hmm. where he looks shot out of a candy, makes a big interception in this game. He's made big plays. He looks like the best linebacker on the field this game. And Warner's going to be out for a week. And listen, I know Warner hasn't had the best season. He's still really, really solid player. He's still a blue chip player. He's going to be fine. We have all these guys chipping in and more than anything, the leader of this defense on the field in terms of his production, Nick Bosa. I mean, Zane, we are talking about one of the best defensive players we've seen on this team in a while. He leads the NFL with 16 tackles for loss. He's 11 sacks, which is tied for most in the NFL. In five road games this season, he has eight sacks and 11 tackles for loss. He has been stud coming off that ACL injury. An absolute stud. He's one of the best pass rushers in the league. And if people want to cherry pick his stats, I saw something about him and Max Crosby. Somebody put on Twitter because somebody had more, Crosby's got more sacks, something ridiculous. If you watch Bosa play in the disruption he makes, it's insane. The guy is, to me, in a candidate for defensive player of the year. He means mm-hmm. the world to this team. And if you took him off the field, there would be major problems. I, I, you know, the Niners defense has been hanging in there and making plays. 
If Bosa's not there, I don't think they can do that. This guy is special and unbelievable. He's going to make quarterback money in a couple of years. He, he really is. Yeah, lock, lock, lock this guy up for a long, in a good way, lock him up, but lock him up. And I've been, I've been so impressed with him, Al. Coming off of the ACL, as, as we mentioned, coming off the ACL, having no help uh, across from him with D Ford out and Samson Ebukam not doing anything. I mean, he had a, he had a decent game against Minnesota, but before that, I've not done anything. And I believe Armstead has the most sacks besides Bosa, right? Armstead has like two, I think. So he is essentially getting no help on the, on the defensive line. And you can say that, oh yeah, the other guys are occupying blockers, but nobody's getting home like Bosa is, right? He's, he's already exceeded that historic rookie season that we saw. And again, we talk about scratching the surface. This guy in one to two years, this guy could be the best pass rusher in the NFL. And that's not even exaggerating. He's that He's good. already up there. Like he's already up there. He's already top three in the NFL, I would say. And you throw in the fact that the guy's held on almost every single play. And despite that, he has 11 sacks. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable the job that he's done. And I mean, that that acquisition changed this team for a long time. Like, I truly believe the acquisition of Nick Bosa made them a Super Bowl team in 2019. And this year as well has made them a playoff contending team. The fact that he's back in at 100%. There's no denying it. Because a lot of guys on that defense are underperforming. And there are some unsung heroes, like you said, DJ Jones, Aziz Al-Shair. Drake Greenlaw's been out, so it's Al-Shair's step up, step up in his absence. And Fred Warner, although, you know, like, yeah, he's not playing his best. He's still been a factor, right? But I think that, you know, it really starts with with Bosa up front. And you can make the argument out that the secondary is playing better because Bosa is there. Like they weren't they weren't that good last year because obviously there wasn't as big of a pass rush. But you know, you could make that argument that again, like 2019, the secondary has been a huge benefactor of the pass rush, which is basically the pass rush. I should say Nick Bosa is he pretty much pass rush on, on his own. But you could say that. Again, we're talking about complementary football. The defense is playing complementary football within that unit, right? The pass rush is solid. Thus, the coverage units are also solid too. Yeah, it's interesting. So, sacks this year, Nick Bosa has 11. The next two closest are Key and Ford with three. Armstead and Street have two. Mm-hmm. Jones, Harris, Ibukam have one. So, and Bosa, and listen yeah. to these QB hit numbers. Bosa's got 23 QB hits. Arden Key is next with six. So, (laughs) yeah, right. I mean, that is, that is insane. So he is carrying the defense in a lot of ways. And those stats are per per pro football reference. It's just, listen, when you got a guy like this, I know Justin Smith was a great player. He didn't put up the stats, obviously, like, like a Bosa Woody played a little bit different position in the three, four. Alden Smith was special when he was there, but Mm -hmm. you get a guy like this. This is a special, special, special player. I hope there's no issue locking him up. He's going to make a lot of money. I guess you could pencil him in for Garoppolo's salary, right? Or yeah, about, You know yep. what I mean? Seriously, because you have mm-hmm. you're going to have Lance making on his rookie contract. Jimmy's already making. What does Jimmy make? Twenty six. I'd have to look at TJ mm-hmm. Watt's contract, but it's going to be probably more than that. So Bosa would probably you kind of pencil him in there, and that's where I think the Niners do. As much as they were probably going to be in smart, as much as the move for Garoppolo was to upgrade the quarterback position. It was also to keep winning because you got to pay Bosa. You got to pay Debo. You're paying Kittle. You're paying Williams. You're paying Warner. You could pay all those guys and you have the rookie QB contract. So mm-hmm. that's a good move by them in, in, in that aspect. And, and look, Jimmy's 
again, he's fine, but he's not the kind of quarterback you want to pay $40 million to. He's not. You're not going to do that. So right. you go with QB on the rookie contract. I mean, if you're throwing 25 times a game, you don't need to pay your quarterback that kind of money. You just don't. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's it, it it's going to be great if you could. I, I keep talking about this window, right, with these blue chip guys. I got a four or five year window with these guys, and I, I needed them to start winning this year, and it looks like hopefully they're going to do that. So, Zane, what do you think for game balls this week? Oh, man, Debo was so good before he got hurt. Um, gosh, there's it's going gonna, it's gonna to go to one of two guys. And I'm going to go Debo. Debo is my favorite receiver. And ever since he was drafted, he's been my favorite 49ers receiver. So I'm going to go with Debo. Unbelievable, unbelievable athlete. Got just a hair over 1,000 yards before he got hurt. and he had like 70 yards rushing and it was just like he had, he had two touchdowns. It was just unbelievable stuff from a guy that went after that, that you pick after, you know, all of these other guys like DK Metcalf and all these guys like that you compare. I mean, he went before Metcalf, but like he's compared to all these guys. And like, I didn't think that Debo would be in the conversation for best wide receiver in the league. And I think you can make a very, very compelling argument for that because he does things that other wide receivers don't. And Al, frankly, I think that he is everything that people wished that Tavon Austin, Percy Harvin, and Cordell mm. Patterson would be. Dual like, guys, he is yeah. everything that people wish wished those guys would be. We've seen people try it before, but they haven't been this successful. And, and again, credit to Kyle for that because it's Kyle's scheme, right, that he's been able to flourish in. But man, like Debo, he reminded me of Bolden when they drafted him, but he's just, he's, he's so much more versatile because he can... Like they're running between the tackles with him. That's unbelievable. Right. He's he's like a running back out there. So again, I I hope that he remains healthy. It's a pleasure to watch him. He's he's you could say that not only the best receiver, but you can say that make an argument that he's the most entertaining player in the game as well because of all everything that he does. So Debo gets my game ball. I'm gonna go with the guy who touched the ball thirty-two times for 168 yards, Elijah Mitchell. His last yep. two games, he's had fifty-four carries, two hundred and twenty yards five receptions in this past game. It has just been insane. He hit the offense has gone through him. He has been one of the best backs in the league. Elijah Mitchell gets my game ball. And I hope this guy can stay healthy because he's got a great future with the team. All right. This week story. What a great story. Absolutely. We always say like, Oh, whoever it is, like uh, we, we always end, end the comment by saying, I hope they can stay healthy. This is the 49ers. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> Don't even get me started. <laughs> um, all right. Anyway, this week's Seahawks game. All right. So the Niners Ooh. have won. These are two teams going in two different directions, obviously. Mm-hmm. But but Russell Wilson, as much as his fingers banged up, and I don't think he could really even feel the ball right now, as much as they forgot about DK Metcalf for some reason, they are not a good football team. Even with all those things, the Niners have won in Seattle twice in the last like 10 years. They won in 2011 mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve and they won in 2019. It's going to be a tough game. Yeah. It is not going to be, I don't think it's going to be easy. I think it's going to be stressful, but I do think they're going to pull it out. I don't know if it's going to be, you know, a 30 to 10 win, maybe like a 21 to 20 type thing, but I think the Niners are going to win. Man, can we take this moment to relish in the downfall of the Seattle Seahawks? Can oh, we just it's so like- great to watch take a moment like man it is there is no team and no fan base that deserves this more than the seattle seahawks and i lived among them i know i lived amongst them for 12 years in pacific northwest i know these people i know how they are easily the worst fan base in all of sports easily 
I think why should not all the sports. I'll say all of football because I don't like because we can't say all the sports, but all of football easily the worst fan base. And it's so funny just to see them melting down after every game. And the Niners, like you know, now I hope the Niners will win, right? Because then they'll take they'll they'll be able to hold that against us. But it's so funny to see them just struggling like that, and to see Pete Carroll blaming the officials and DK Metcalf throwing tantrums and all this stuff. Just the worst losers. And it's like, man, if only you, if only you guys could lose like us. Because we've been there so often, <laughs> but uh, but it's, Al, I think that what you're saying is completely true, and you know how it is against the Seahawks, right? Pete Carroll, he sees that game on their calendar, and he always gets them up for that game. Every single time they play, they're up for the 49ers game. It doesn't matter how bad they are, how good they are, what the weather is, who the quarterback is, they are always up for that game, and it is never an easy game because out of all the games on the schedule, Pete Carroll could have one game. That's the game that he wants. He's from here, right? He's from this area. He's from the Bay Area. He wants to beat the 49ers. So you have to you have to think that they're going to pull out all the stops. Cheating, clutching, grabbing, Russell Wilson running around circles and chucking it down the field. It is a playoff game for them, right? That's what they'll that's what they'll treat it as because their season's done at this point. They're not going anywhere. We right. know this. And they will treat it like a playoff game because they want to play spoiler. Do I think the Niners will win, man? God. It's hard to let go of a lot of that past trauma that the Niners have suffered up there in Seattle. And I think that Joe Staley said it best. Uh, he said that the best moment of his career, one of the best moments of his career, was when they went in there in 2019 and they won the division. And specifically, I believe it was after Debo ran for a touchdown, he gave it to Joe Staley and he spiked the ball. And Joe Staley was like, you know, like that was actually, no, it was, it was, it was near the end of the game, I believe. They scored a touchdown, Joe Staley spiked the ball. He's like, that was like relieving myself of so many years of torment up there. And that's what it comes down to when you play, play Seattle in Seattle. It's dark, it's rainy, it's loud, it's miserable. They're a dirty team and <laughs> nobody, nobody wants to play them up there. So can the Niners, can they officially end the Russell Wilson era, Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll era of Seattle Seahawks? Can they officially end it? And I believe they can, Al. I think they can, even without Debo. I think that the Seahawks are not disciplined defensively. They're a terrible defense. They're not very good. They're not very good offensively either. Like you said, Russell Wilson's hurt. The formula will stay the same for the 49ers. Run the ball, possess the ball. The Seahawks have the, the lowest time of possession in the league right now. So all of this, this all kind of bodes well for the 49ers. And I think they'll win. And you think it's going to be close? Should I say it's not going to be close now? Should I, should I go crazy here? One of us would be right. One of us would be right. Okay. I think Niners, the Niners win, and it's not going to be particularly close. Nice. Here we go. Yeah. Here we yeah. go. Let's go. All right. So there you have it. Zane and I both think the Niners are going to keep this going, think they're going to win in Seattle. And at seven and five, look, I think eight wins is going to get a, the seventh wild card. So I think the Niners are in really good shape. So this is great. Let's enjoy it. Let's hope they can stay on this ride because – the beginning of the season was rough and, and to change things around the way that they have in three weeks, not a lot of teams that I can think of recently have done what they've done. So it's, it, it's, it's been pretty great, man. So Zane, I think we're officially back um, on the playoff bandwagon here. I think we're going to do it. I hope so. And it's going to be fun because it's a weird year out. It's a weird, like nobody really wants to take that top spot in the NFC. Nope. The Cardinals like, yeah, Kyler Murray has been hurt, but it's like, you're starting to see some, a little bit of a little bit of kind of like fracturing the armor over there. Green Bay's been really weird this year. Tampa Bay, like Brady, has been off and on and, and throwing picks here and there, and their defense has been suspect. So 
nobody really wants to kind of take that number one team in the NFC. Uh, the Rams are, are falling back. We even talk about that, Al. Like, there's a good chance that the Niners may, pa- may pass the Rams, actually, which is Only crazy. game back right now. Yeah, there's just a game back. So nobody really wants to take it. In a year like this, it's it's anybody's game, really. You know, the, look at what, what Mac Jones is doing in, in New England. By the way, really quick, before we get out of here, Mac Jones, first of all, credit to Mac Jones for playing really well. We knew that coming out of the draft, he would be probably the most pro-ready quarterback, and he's capitalized off of that. That is your textbook quarterback to the right system move right there. And Josh McDaniels has 100% maximized Mac Jones's uh, abilities right now. They're not asking him to do, to do too much. He has really pretty stats, but if you if you watch one of their games, they are not asking him to do a lot. Like he's basically managing the game and making throws when he needs to, and the defense is basically really picking up the slack there. So kudos to them for making that work. But all of a sudden, like New England's at the top of the AFC again at eight and four, right? So you don't know what's going to happen. Are we going to get? Are we going to get a, a Belichick and Garoppolo Super Bowl, Al? Are we, is that going to happen? <laughs> Let's not go crazy. I, I just want to see. Big I just want to see the, a reaction. Big game for the Pats against the Bills this week. That's going to tell us a lot this yeah. week. I wanted to see your reaction because we're on video right now, right? So I just wanted to see your face when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's uh, yeah, stop short of that. I'm not serious. Right, I'm not serious. Before people start thinking, I'm, I'm not serious about that. They got to make Be a great story though, but yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. So, all right. Listen, in, again, enjoy this. Try to stay positive. It's, it's It's been a good few weeks. Let's see if the Niners can ride this. They get to seven and five. Things are looking up. Looking good. So, for Zane, this is Al. See ya.